0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, and today you are listening to one of our bonus interview episodes. So my co-host, Megan Francis, has the day off, and I have a great conversation here for you with Jason Silverberg. Jason is a certified financial planner who specializes in comprehensive financial planning. His practice aims at helping families and small business owners fit their financial pieces together to create financial freedom. And Jason and I have a great conversation Coming up for you guys. We talk a lot about this challenging idea of having a long-term financial plan for our families when we're so in the trenches um, of the day-to-day expenses and financial challenges of raising a family. Um, Jason's a dad. He has two young kids himself, and he loves working with new families. Um, he has a specialization in helping women who've gone through divorce and are figuring out their finances with that challenge. Um, helping couples who are adding a baby to the mix figure out that all with a very comprehensive and long-term eye on reaching your financial goals so this was a really fun conversation for me. As some of you may know, my husband is a certified financial planner and I've actually worked in that industry a bit. So I loved that Jason was a young dad. I loved that he loves working with young families and that his advice is really comes from this very holistic and um, goal-oriented way and not about quick fix- quick fixes or getting rich quick. So I think you'll really enjoy my conversation with Jason. Um, listen through to the end. We have a little disclaimer that we have to read at the end of the show that basically says that Jason is not offering you guys specific financial advice and to please seek that from your trusted professionals, which you guys all know. Um, But do listen through to the end of the show. You'll find out some really great resources that Jason's offering to our listeners through the show notes, which are at themomhour.com, as well as his new book that's coming out this month. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce Jason.
1: That's code MOMHOUR5050 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active.
0: Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. Jason, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, you have the honor of being the first male guest we've ever had on our show. And I'm so glad to have you. I'm really excited for today's conversation. um, And for you being our first dad and our first dude on the show on the mom hour. So welcome.
2: Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm delighted to be here.
0: Great. So Um, Today's conversation is really going to be about helping young families start to think about long-term financial planning. And I think that can be a little bit intimidating, especially when you are in the trenches of having new babies and getting on your footing with, you know new marriage and new finances and all of that for young families. Can you maybe talk about why this is an area of financial planning that you have chosen to specialize in and why, why young families excite you? Because we know that, um, they're not, they're not the most, they don't have the most money to invest certainly for, so for financial planner, um, there's opportunity there, I think in in another way.
2: Sure. Yeah. I I am of the belief that I want to help as many people as I can. And one of the cohorts of people that I really resonate with are young families. Um, I got my start in the financial planning world when I was 13. And uh, I'm Jewish and had a bar mitzvah growing up. And uh, it was it was a really tough process to go through. But the the light at the end of the tunnel was this uh, prize of, of gift money that my family was going to give me for, you know, the hard work that that, um, you know, that I that I went through. And so through that process, my parents helped me really understand what investing was all about. And they gave me that gift money and uh, I took it and, and actually made a little bit of money from that and bought my first car. From my investment earnings from that portfolio that I created, and around that time when I when I bought my first car, my parents actually got separated, and um, it was a really tough process for me to go through, and um, I, I saw money and finances from a different angle. It wasn't all growing your money and making money in the stock market and, and buying cool things with it. It was now it's, now it's, uh, uh coming from a place of scarcity and coming from a place of worry and, um, It caused a lot of heartache, and and we we definitely struggled. I mean, we had, you know, a middle-class family on, you know, in one household, and now let alone two households, it it was tough to manage. So my, you know, that fueled my passion for— getting involved in a career that was money related, but also making a difference in people's lives. And that, that's kind of why I chose to be a financial planner is to help as many people, both people who are married, who were are trying to prevent divorce, um, as well as people who are coming out from the other side of a divorce and how to, how to build a financial plan going forward from there.
0: I love that. I love that. Can you um, tell us a little bit about your family now? Because I'm sure you've obviously been in the industry for longer than you've had your own family. So I'm curious how this has evolved for you now that you're a dad as well.
2: Sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. I have two young kids, um, both under the age of five, and they're they're little rascals running around every which way. And so, you know, I definitely see some of the great things that my parents did for me growing up. And I'm, I'm doing those things for my children as well and helping them understand what money is, even at a young age of four and a half or, or two, is really understanding, you know, just dosing in what money could do for people. And, and you know, we, we talk about how grateful we are to have the food that's on our table and, you know, money can help us. Uh, buy those, buy those groceries. And, and I even let my kids swipe the credit card when we, when we pay for groceries at the grocery store. So, um, it definitely at every stage of their, their life, I'm going to be, Instilling different things that will help them understand money and, and how what it can do for you, but also uh, you know some of the some of the challenges that people face with their money and how we can we can better ourselves. So so that's kind of where where I'm at with my kids, and it's every day is a new adventure. Yes, so.
0: no no joke about that. Um, well, let's talk about that a little bit more with kids because yeah. I think one thing that happens um, as adults if we don't feel p- completely comfortable about a topic and that could be money it could be talking about religion it could be any number of these things that sort of make us feel like we're not quite sure how we feel about it ourselves and then what happens I think is that we don't talk to our kids about it at all so I love that you're using little examples of how you talk to even a two and a four-year-old about money and I'm wondering if we can maybe go into that a little bit more are you do you feel like transparency and making money sort of not a taboo or scary topic is helpful for kids even at a really young age.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting that uh, our country has evolved so much over the last 50 years in a lot of different ways, and I think one of those ways is how people talk about money. Certainly, it's it's not as out you know out in the open as as other conversation topics, but t- you know it's not as taboo anymore to talk about money. And, and I'm trying to do the best that I can. Is teach my kids that, you know, while we don't want to share everything with everybody, yeah. <laughs> we, we definitely want to, you know, be, be secure about some of it. it. It's, it's not something to be embarrassed about. It's something that if you have a good understanding of how it works and, and what, what you can do with it, and it, it will help you build confidence and, and it will help you better yourself and maybe even start a career.
1: Yeah,
0: I love that. Well, I think just like you, you gave the example of talking about where our food comes from and what we use our money for. And I think some parents shy away from even even that a little bit, like we're afraid to give our kids too much information about that. So um, I love that. And I agree. Um, I told you before we started recording, my husband is also a certified financial planner. So we have this a little bit in our family as well. Um, well, let's let's talk about some of these. Um, maybe fears is a strong word, but um, some of the hesitation that young families have to think about long-term financial planning. When I t- when I say long-term, I'm talking about. Um, if you have a two and a four-year-old, then managing the monthly cash flow or budget is one thing, but it's another thing to ta- start talking about estate planning and retirement planning, and even college educations can seem so far away when you're in the land of toddlers and babies. Um, do you have some? Do you have some insight on this? I would love to give parents out there the confidence to start having these conversations with their spouses or with other people they trust in their life and not to feel like it's this big, scary topic that feels so far away.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, let me tell you a quick story. Rachel and Michael, um, they, they, they have two kids. They, they have daycare costs, they have to pay their mortgage, they have student loans, they're trying to you know just get by and their hot water heater breaks down. They're trying to figure out how to balance that with their savings goals, such as college savings, retirement planning, like you said, estate planning, maybe even buying a bigger house. Um, well, they came to me and asked me, how can we make all this work? We're, we're just feeling like we're falling behind and were not able to move forward. So flash forward a year, uh, they're making progress to their goals, they're paying down their debt, and they're on track to actually achieve what they wanted to um, you know, get out of life. And so you might be thinking, what changed for them? And if you ask them, it was the financial planning process that we, we went through with them. And really that helped us to organize and understand where we are today where we want to get to in the future and really create a roadmap to help them get where, from where they are today to where they want to be in the future. And everybody's got a different story and everyone has a different plan and it's got to be personalized to them and to you. And so the questions we ask are, you know, we talk about trade-offs and we say, if we're paying off the debt, then that's less money that we have left over to pay, to save for retirement. So, you know, we, we frame it in, in the form of a question. Are you okay ramping up your retirement savings if it means that your debt will now take an extra couple of years to be paid off? Or would you rather be paying your debt off faster if it means now that you'll have to retire at 69 versus 6? Six- So, you know, we talk about those because, you know, we don't have all the money in the world. And if we did, then we wouldn't have, we just need direction on how to invest. So really, it comes down to trade-offs and figuring out, uh, you know, in terms of priorities. Uh, Another thing that I I talk through, and even in my own personal financial example, I'll tell you. I have two kids in, in daycare, and that that is a pretty big expense. Yeah. And so, you know, the question I always get all the time is how do you save for college if you're if you're paying for daycare? So what we did personally is we set up college savings accounts for the kids, and every birthday they get a little bit of money and we throw some of their birthday money in the college accounts. But when they're when we're done paying for daycare, and luckily my son's actually going into elementary school, he's going to kindergarten in the fall, um, the money that we we're putting towards the daycare costs will now go into the college account. So we're, we're actually not... St- Starting from behind because the first few years of his life and their lives, we've been investing, but gifts. We, right. we didn't make a, a, right. a commitment necessarily monthly. So, um, you know, we're, we're just kind of not delaying it, but we're kind of we got to we got to prioritize somewhere. And I think that's really what a financial plan does is it helps us understand what's most important to us and how to balance everything out.
0: Well, I totally agree. And because I am married to a financial planner, I know that you guys have the skills and the tools available to you to, you know, guide people through those conversations. I think I want to back up even further and really put ourselves in the shoes of families who've never met with a financial planner, don't have one in the family. And... Um, haven't ever even maybe had a conversation with their spouse about these really long-term things. Are there? Do you have couples who come to you kind of in this place where they're, they're smart people, they're educated people, um, but they've been really dealing with the day-to-day and haven't even, when you use the example of Rachel and Michael, um, you know, they had long-term goals. I'm curious about the people who maybe even haven't started the conversation about what their long-term goals are. What do they want retirement to look like? It just can feel so far away when you're... You know, in your thirties and have little kids.
2: So you know, the the question I get, yeah, no, I totally agree. And and I get a question a lot, which is, so what should I say here, or what do other couples have? Yes. And you know, it's 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 hard because it, it really should be based on you. And so my job is to really help understand who you are, what your vision is for the future, what your values are, and really extract what those financial goals actually are and what they could be and what other people are doing yeah you know you can kind of model yourself off of other people but ultimately when it comes to finances it's very hard to model yourself off of other people because you don't know what resources they have and you don't know what challenges they have, and you know they, their goals might be different than yours. So one of the strategies that I usually recommend is that if a family and a household has one primary financial person and the other one kind of is, is is taking a back seat, I usually recommend that both parents get involved. Whether it's in the day to day minutia of paying bills, or thinking about finances, or doing taxes. Both parents should play a role in the financial household because – Number one, it gets you both communicating about finances, and that you understand the financial household in in um, you know what what it could be and what it is. And you know, a lot of times I come and meet with somebody, and they say, "Oh yeah, well my husband you know pays the bills," or "or my wife is the is the one who does the taxes." Well, generally speaking, it's better to have open communication when it comes to those things. So we definitely recommend getting both parents involved. And then we we talk about having a somewhat formal um, conversation about your financial life. And um, we call it a a state of the household meeting. And really, that's a, a time to really understand where we are what our goals are, what they could be. And it doesn't have to be that formal. I mean, it could just be a once a year lunch with your spouse and you go to lunch and you talk about, you know, how things are going and, you know, what, what you'd like to see going forward. And then we, we create a plan to, to move forward from there. So, you know, it is tough because, you know, you're just creating your own life and every, you know, every life is different and But it is ultimately up to you to determine what you want to get out of life.
0: Well, there's so much that I love about what you just said. Um, And I love that idea of a state of the household. We do that. Um, And... I think if couples sat down and did that, and even if all they came away with were more questions the first time, you know, and like a legal pad and a bunch of questions, like we don't know about saving for retirement or we don't know if we're ready to buy a new house or we don't know if we need to do XYZ. I think just the, just the act of setting that time aside, getting both members of the household on the same page. Um, and I, th- I, I also love that you spoke to having both you know, both parents or both partners um, having their hands in the picture in some way, like you said, whether it's managing the day-to-day, week-to-week budget, um, whereas the other keeps an eye on the long-term stuff, or however it works. Um, You know, my husband meets with mostly older couples, and I mean older, older people who are really at the end of their financial lives and dealing with the other side of that picture, estate planning and, All of that. And there are there are couples who've been married for 60 years and it's still one of them. One of them has all the knowledge and the other doesn't. And I'm sure from your work with divorced families, um, maybe you can speak to why that can lead to, you know, a lot a lot more trauma than necessary if someone's been kept out of the picture.
2: Absolutely, yeah, and and to that point, I, I my wife actually is the one that pays the bills in our household because I'm the financial guy, obviously. So I want her involved in the, in that capacity. So, um, but you're absolutely correct. If one spouse takes too much ownership of of this situation, number one, if that person is gone for whatever reason, whether it's a divorce or you know passing away, God forbid, you know the the other spouse is left not understanding and not knowing where to go. So we definitely encourage that. And and certainly with divorced families if, if one spouse is kind of at a, you know, disadvantage in terms of the knowledge, you know, that's where working with a professional comes in and helping understand where to go for, for this or where to go for that. And it, it could just be as easy as putting all those, that information in a, in a, in a binder or yeah. in a, in a book. Um, or it could just be having somebody involved in the budget. And, and, you know, w- we can talk more about some of the software that we, we recommend, but, um, Um, Having both people have both parents access to the software and understanding all the resources is is really key. And and so I totally get that, especially for uh, somebody who sees it from a professional side, but also – Uh, a son of a divorced family Mm -hmm. and seeing what my mom went through being not aware, not as aware as she should have been with her finances.
0: Yeah. And I also want to just jump in and maybe remove any of the guilt that comes along with this. I have, it's funny just to tell my own story. I, I grew up with a little more financial education and knowledge, um, than my husband did. So when we were very early married, um, it was already in my skill set to, to look at my checking account every day and not go into credit card debt. And I, I just, I probably started a little bit ahead of my husband. Fast forward, he's the one who decided to get a CFP and become someone who does this for a living. And in that time period, we had three kids and little by little, I became more and more disconnected and he became more and more knowledgeable. So we almost kind of flipped roles and um, I have gone through times where I am just a lot less connected to our both day to day and long term finances and every time we do that set aside we just did maybe about a month ago right after the new year and um, sat down went through everything we usually do it when our taxes are due that kind of forces us to go through things um but just like just like they say you know sometimes the kids of the or the family of the professional isn't always walking the walk in the the way they should i mean it's every every family whether you have the knowledge or in the industry or not i think you know Deserves to take that time for themselves. And I guess where I started with this was not feeling guilty if you've been the spouse that's been disconnected, that there's always there's always time to get back into it. And it's not, you know, sometimes when we feel bad about something, we 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 reinforce that cycle and stay away even farther. So I'm sure every couple who comes to you feels feels like almost embarrassed that they don't have quite as good a picture as they should. But that's why they need you.
2: Absolutely. Totally agree. And my wife, you know, she, she came to me when we were first, um, getting together and, um, she was trying to balance her checkbook and she didn't really know how to do it. And so I helped her with it. And then the other way it, it reversed when she needed to help me with something. So, yeah. Yeah, we, we, you know, and and one other thing I just want to mention is that a lot of times, especially in our family, I don't know if it's true for yours, you know, we try and um, own certain things in the household where you do this and I do that, sure. and, you know, where it, it's just economies of scale where we're, we're both busy, we're both working people. And so... We're, we're trying to divvy up the responsibilities and some things that actually does work for, you know, if it's household chores or whatever that's not as meaningful to a bigger picture. But when. When it comes to finances, you know, you definitely don't want to delegate to one person. Yeah,
0: no, I I love that. I'm really glad we spent some time on that. Well, let's move on and talk about you touched on maybe some tools or software or programs that can help families start to get a hold on things, even if it's in a very small way. And I love to give I love to give sort of very tangible next steps that our listeners could take. So do you have any recommendations you give your clients or that you personally use?
2: Absolutely. So there is a couple tools. One is if you are a non-techie person, um, we have personal financial inventory, which is a worksheet. It's a one-page worksheet that really spells out all of your assets, where everything is, all of your liabilities, all of your debts, and how much you owe, and um, and what the interest rates are, and the monthly payments, and then all of your income sources, whether it's salaries, or, you know, um, rental income, or any other income that comes into the house, and all of the expenses that come into the, that, that go out of the household. So it's just really a one pager current financial position on where you are today um, so that you really get a handle for for everything. And so that's the paper and pen version. Then we have a software program called eMoney that we highly recommend that our clients use. And I use it all the time. It's great. It's not just a computer program. It also is an iPhone app or a smartphone app. And it gives you feedback, on the the spending habits that you have and how they're impacting your overall plan. So you can get an alert set up where, you know, hey, I'm over budget this month on my groceries. You know, maybe I should scale back or, you know, going out to eat or spending money, you know, on wine, whatever it is. You know, you can track how you're you're, um, trending towards your budgets you can also plug in how you're trending towards your financial goals. And so if the market drops, you know, we have a lot of clients who worry about the stock market and if the stock market drops for, you know, let's say it's, you know, 500 points in a day, you know, we have clients and that we just urge to look at their look at their e-money and then they'll say, "Oh yeah, okay. So it, you know, Let's put that into context. How far behind did that put me in terms of my goal? So those are the two um, tools that we recommend and e-money is part of our financial planning um, uh, engagement and the personal financial inventory. Um, I'll, I'll definitely give as a gift to, to your audience as well, along with some other items.
0: That's great. So we can um, link to that worksheet, the printable pen and paper one, in our show notes for this episode. So for our listeners, you just head to themomhour.com. And is that a PDF we can link to, Jason? Yes, absolutely. Great. Yes. Um, Great. Well, that's um, and I think there are probably other similar products that people are, you know, can do their own research on. I, I almost think that something is better than nothing. Wouldn't you agree? If you're just starting baby steps, then having having something on paper or, you know, some some way to start tracking is a great step toward toward just understanding the picture.
2: Absolutely, and you know a lot of our clients like to use Mint.com, and that's an option. It's similar to eMoney, but doesn't tie into the bigger financial planning um, goals. But. And, and you also have to be cautious about the advertisements and that your information is sold through email or through mint as, um, it is a free software. But again, something is better than nothing. So that is a really good option for people on a budget.
0: Okay. That's great. Great to know. Um, well, I'd like to talk a little bit more about, um, just because I know this is an expertise of yours about brand new families, um, who don't even have kids yet. So newlyweds and then also, um, divorcing families, you have Do you want to tell us about your two ebooks that you've worked on um, and kind of where, you know, just how you've how you've led these two groups of people through their journey? Um, Because this is this is tough, both newlyweds and divorced couples.
2: Sure. Yeah. And both those groups of people resonate with me and my story. Um, and so really what I tried to do was distill down some of the common questions, frequently asked questions that we get from these different groups of people, both on the start of your your family life and maybe potentially on a separation of of your family life. And it really, it's, it, it's an e-book that we created to help some of those, um, you know, answer those frequently asked questions and help people so that they can really put a plan together and move forward. And um, so so the first one is called Picking Up the Pieces, uh, Divorcee's Guide to Financial Freedom. And the second one is And Baby Makes Three. Uh, and, and that's A New Parent's Guide to Financial Planning. And both those take a different, a slightly different look at financial planning but have um, similar concepts um, in terms of budgeting and looking at your financial plan and debt management and retirement planning and how do you balance all of that as it relates to your specific situation. So, yeah, definitely those are available yeah, to we, your audience, as yeah, as we, as well. we will
0: definitely link to those, and um, you know, I'm sure our listeners, everybody knows somebody going through a divorce, and everybody knows um, somebody who's adding a new baby or newlywed family. What I particularly liked about the eBooks was just how accessible the information was. Again, not intimidating, um, and just kind of the little things you can start to think about because both both of those are major life events and. Thinking about money is not necessarily the first place that a lot of people's mind goes. So, um, having it in kind of a quick and easy ebook, I think, would be a great resource for a lot of people
2: absolutely and it is a it is a stressor for a lot of people during this major life change too so you know I've, I've definitely seen that happen and especially in my situation as soon as I found out my wife was preg- pregnant with our second uh, I thought to myself oh my gosh <laughs> now what do I do so yeah. you know I have to scramble around so yeah so money it can be a stressor if it's if it's at a point of um, you know just just without a direction without with without direction during these these stressful times
0: right well we will we'll also link to those in the show notes which will be at the themomhour.com okay megan well over here at the mom hour we are big fans of our sponsor our place in fact you me and our team member katie were all comparing notes on our favorite product katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night
1: Go to FromOurPlace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's FromOurPlace.com, code MOMHOUR. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Hiya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to hiyahealth.com/momhour. The deal's not available on their regular website. Go to mom momhour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Um,
0: I, I want to shift gears a little bit to talking about this kind of loaded topic of seeking professional financial advice. And I'll just give you my personal bias a little bit. I've been around a lot of comprehensive financial planners in my life. I've worked in that industry a little bit. I married one, or I married somebody who went back and got his CFP. Um, there There is sometimes something that happens where people have got... A well-meaning uncle who's a CPA, or a brother-in-law who's a day trader, or they golf with somebody who, you know, has tricks up their sleeve to get rich quick, or you know, they're best friends with somebody who sells insurance. And I want to come right out and say those, those positions and those professions um, have people of amazing integrity and smart brains in them. What they don't always have is somebody with knowledge of, of comprehensive financial planning. So I've always been somebody who's cringed a little bit hearing friends and acquaintances talk about getting advice from someone in a, whose expertise is very narrow. Does that make sense? Um, and I don't want yeah. that to sound like I'm saying that all stockbrokers are corrupt, which is not something I think. Um, can, you, can you talk about this kind of, I think it's a little bit of a delicate issue, and break down for us, um, you know, how, how can people sort through different kinds of advice from different well-meaning people without writing off, you know, their well-meaning friends and relatives?
2: yeah th- this is a topic that is is i get a lot in, and a question I get a lot in a topic that is sensitive so yeah and I think you hit on two specific things here one is the the um, bad apple uh, philosophy where maybe you have somebody who's not doing a good job or maybe you encountered somebody who was a kind of a salesman type of approach, and the second thing is how do you piece together potentially good advice that you're getting from a lot of different people. So the first thing I would say is to kind of avoid that bad apple approach, um, I, I would definitely interview um, the right people, and I, I would interview people. And, and we have an interview checklist that we give out to uh, our clients and, and friends, and that will be in the documents that, that are going to be gifted to your, to your audience to help understand – Who is a qualified financial planner or advisor and and what you should kind of stay away from? What are some red flags to see once you see them to say, oh, I'm going to turn around and walk walk the other way? Um, So you definitely want to do your homework on interviewing the right financial planner for you. The second part of that question is, how do you discern potentially good information from a lot of different sources? And I think really what it boils down to is having a comprehensive financial planner uh, be your coach and your guide along the way. And certainly you can have an insurance agent, you can have a stockbroker, and you can have an estate planning attorney and a CPA to do your taxes. But really a CFP's job, a certified financial planner's job, is to put all of those pieces together to help you understand, are those things helping you move you in the right direction? So I'll give you an example. Um, I, I met with this couple the other day and they told me that their their uncle, um, who knows a lot about money. <laughs> told told them not to do some specific mutual fund investment that we were we were doing, and um, I, I respectfully asked them some more questions about it, and we came to the determin- determination that the uncle, while he knows a lot about money. Uh, didn't know a lot about their specific set of financial circumstances. So we kind of helped, I helped them digest that information in the context of their own financial plan. So, you know, it's a good idea to have an advocate, a CFP on your side who's unbiased, who's not going to um, sell you anything or not put you in something that is inappropriate. You want to find somebody who will be a fiduciary, who will act in your best interest all the time. And that's a word that's been in the news lately. Um, And and it is something that is very important to make sure that as you're interviewing your financial planner, that that they are acting in your best interest. And I I hope that answers the question.
0: Yeah, it does. And I think, um, again, going back to this recurring theme that young couples, um, it's easy to be intimidated when you don't know something yourself so if you have an uncle i love that the uncle who knows a lot about money or yeah. a well-meaning but really you hit the nail on the head which is that a good a good cfp a good comprehensive financial planner um, certified financial planner actually will ask more questions than provide quick answers does that make sense so if someone Absolutely. if someone claims to have the knowledge without knowing your situation and i think that's right like that's that's the crux of it then that's something to be suspicious of because that right answer may be the right answer for somebody but it doesn't take the whole picture into context so a good Absolutely. a good planner is asking more questions than they are you know providing answers at least at first um so i think yeah. that's, that's probably a great a, a great smell test for our for our listeners
2: Absolutely. And that's one of the red flags on the list is if some if you start to feel like somebody is trying to either sell you something or get you invested into something without really knowing your entire situation, because every product that's on the market was made for a reason. And it's good for somebody, but it may not be the best for you. And so that's really where, you know, having an advocate on your side, asking lots of questions and helping to find the right products and services off the shelf to match your specific set of circumstances. And I think that's that's really where, where it boils down to.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's really great information. Um, well, let's talk about your book, which by the time this airs will be out in the world. So congratulations on your book launch. Thank Is this you. your first book?
2: First book, yeah. This has been 18 months in the making. And, you know, I... I about 2 years ago i thought to myself you know I, i'm working with a lot of people one on one and how can i help more people than than just the people who i'm interacting with and i know that you know financial planning comes with a fee and not everybody can afford that fee so how do i how do i help more people um, without necessarily, you know, charging more in fees. <laughs> so uh, my my goal was to just serve as many people as I can. So I basically distilled, you know, the best of my advice and and circumstances that I've I've met with lots of different clients and situations into um, into the book, and uh, it's called the Financial Planning Puzzle: Fitting Your Pieces Together to Create Financial Freedom. And so the first part of the book is all about kind of. Your perspective on money, you know, your money mindset, and, and creating good habits, and what the mid, the challenges facing the middle class, and then we talk about each of the different financial pieces to your puzzle: investments, retirement, estate planning, taxes, everything. And then the third part is fitting the pieces together, and in each of the different circumstances, how somebody or a couple would might fit their pieces together to actually create that financial freedom. And, and really, the, the book is, is it was it was meant to be a way for me to um, give as much of myself to the world as possible. And I know that kind of sounds uh, cliche, but it, it is true. And, and I'm at the point where I'm just trying to impact as many people's lives as possible.
0: Well, that's great. Um, well, how was the book writing process for you? Because that is obviously a different that's different than your day job.
2: Yeah, so you balance, how do you balance the time? You know, we're talking about balancing money. Now, how, it's bal- how do you balance time? So, you know, you carve it up into bite-sized pieces. And, you know, every night after my kids would go to sleep, I'd, you know, spend time with my wife. And then we would, I, I would have a half an hour to an hour every night where I would work on a chapter here or there. And it took, a, like I said, it took a little while to get this thing off the ground and, and written and edited and through my compliance department and everything so um it's definitely been a work in progress and It's something that if you see a vision, same with money. If you see a vision that's a long-term vision, uh, you you gotta make the time to, you know, whether it's a half an hour a day or or a half an hour a week, even just put the time in, put the money in to to achieve the goals that you want. You you have to make it a priority.
0: Yeah, I love that. Well, congratulations again. That book we will. We will link to, again, in the show notes, and it's called The Financial Planning Puzzle, Fitting Your Pieces Together to Create Financial Freedom. It's on Amazon and I assume other booksellers as well, correct?
2: Yep. Barnes & Noble.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, Well, Jason, this has been so great and really helpful to our listeners. Just to recap for our listeners, there are 2 eBooks Jason has written that are available for... as a gift to our listeners as well as the personal financial inventory worksheet. Did I get that right, Jason? Yes. And links to those will be on our website at themomhour.com. Look for this bonus interview with Jason Silverberg. Jason, how can people um, connect with you or find you otherwise? Are you on social media website in addition to checking out the book? Of course.
2: Yep. You can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn, and you can probably link to those in the show notes as well as thefinancialplanningpuzzle.com. If you go there, you'll have a little bit about me and about the book, and you can um, click around and and contact me there. That would be great.
0: Awesome. Well, Jason, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for your generous advice and your insight for our listeners. This isn't isn't a topic that we bring up all the time on the show, and it's one that really deserves um, an expert and some with their clients best interest in mind and I think that our listeners are lucky to have heard from you thank you Sarah this has been a pleasure it oh, really has thanks well, again thanks so much take care Jason is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services Incorporated member, FINRA, SIPC. Financial Advantage Associates is independently owned and operated. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and legal situation. Separate from the financial plan and our role as a financial planner, we may recommend. The purchase of specific investment or insurance products or accounts. These product recommendations are not part of the financial plan and you are under no obligation to follow them. Life insurance products contain fees such as mortality and expense charges, which may increase over time and may contain restrictions such as surrender periods. keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
1: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code TheMomHour. Go to Erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code TheMomHour to save 20%.
0: The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks.